Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. Hi, I'm pretty excited about the poem that I have to share with you today. In fact, I couldn't wait until Valentine's Day like I was planning, since it's a angsty young love poem. I just wanted to talk about it sooner, so I'm going to go for it. This poem is a recent discovery for me, and it felt like a treasure when I came across it in an anthology. It's called Donal Og, and it's translated from an anonymous 8th century Irish poem by Isabella Augusta, also known as Lady Gregory. It's not short, but I'm going to read it, massage it a little bit, and tell you what I've enjoyed so much about it, and then read it again. It goes like this. It is late last night. The dog was speaking of you. The snipe was speaking of you in her deep marsh. It is you are the lonely bird through the woods, and that you may be without a mate until you find me. You promised me, and you said a lie to me, that you would be before me where the sheep are flocked. I gave a whistle and three hundred cries to you, and I found nothing there but a bleating lamb. You promised me a thing that was hard for you, a ship of gold under a silver mast, twelve towns with a market in all of them, and a fine white court by the side of the sea. You promised me a thing that is not possible, that you would give me gloves of the skin of a fish, that you would give me shoes of the skin of a bird, and a suit of the dearest silk in Ireland. When I go by myself to the well of loneliness, I sit down and I go through my trouble. When I see the world and do not see my boy, he that has an amber shade in his hair. It was on that Sunday I gave my love to you, the Sunday that is last before Easter Sunday, and myself on my knees reading the Passion and my two eyes giving love to you forever. My mother said to me not to be talking with you today or tomorrow or on the Sunday. It was a bad time she took for telling me that. It was shutting the door after the house was robbed. My heart is as black as the blackness of the slow or as the black coal that is on the smith's forge, or as the sole of a shoe left in white halls. It was you that put that darkness over my life. You have taken the east from me. You have taken the west from me. You have taken what is before me and what is behind me. You have taken the moon. You have taken the sun from me. And my fear is great that you have taken God from me. This poem does for me one of my very favorite things that poems and old books in general can do, sometimes especially ones that come to me in translation. I think Auden, W.H. Auden, says it better than I could. He has a quote that's been on my mind lately. He said, One of the greatest blessings conferred on our lives by the arts is that they are our chief means of breaking bread with the dead. And I think that without communication with the dead, a fully human life 
is not possible. That's the end of his quote, which was brought to my attention by a book about reading by Alan Jacobs called Breaking Bread with the Dead. And since then, I've looked more into what Auden said and have been really interested in this idea. What do we gain by hanging out with dead people? While this poem definitely makes me feel like I'm doing that in a way I love. It makes me feel like I'm communicating with the author, this young girl, somewhere outside of both our times, over a fence of the language barrier, through that prism of the 1300 years that have happened between her life and mine, somehow those words have gotten to me here in Oregon in my closet and I'm giggling at her jokes and moved by her depiction of her passionate loss over this betrayal and I'm stirred by her strange language and metaphors. So I find it a really rad experience, but is communication with the dead really necessary for a fully human life, like Auden says? It is something unique to being human to be able to go back so far and to be able to touch those words and ideas that were thought by one of our species 13 centuries before our time. And I think art does this work the best when it contains in it both strangeness compared to the place we are now and similarities. And this poem has both of those. I find the strangeness partly in the diction and just the way some of the sentences go. Lady Gregory has been lauded for her translation. I haven't been able to find another one, actually. I think there's one out there somewhere. But she's been praised for keeping the music of the Irish, even if she had to translate this to English in a way that isn't exactly how we would say it if we were writing something today. So I'm looking at the first line, it is late last night the dog was speaking of you, and later, it is you are the lonely bird through the woods. So even that word order reminds me, this is coming to me from a different language. It feels different than the way I would think or the way I would talk, and that catches my attention. In addition to the intriguing strangeness, musical strangeness that the word order has sometimes, some of these images are pretty intriguing as well in their strangeness. I'm thinking of when she says to her love, you promised me a thing that's not possible, that you would give me gloves of the skin of a fish, shoes of the skin of a bird, and a suit of the dearest silk in Ireland. And it comes right after some more conventional promises that a young man might say to a young lady. And when we get to that part, it's just jarring all of a sudden. It makes me want to know which parts would make sense in this time and place or how much these ideas of gloves of the skin of a fish and shoes of the skin of a bird would have stood out in that time as well. Another detail I love is when she says, that her heart is as black as the sole of a shoe left in white halls. First, I was picturing muddy shoes on white carpet, but I doubt there was white carpet back then. Perhaps it's white marble? I don't know, but that image of that dark soul in a white hall representing the emptiness of her heart after she has been stood up and abandoned and betrayed is so striking and moving. It has really stuck with me since I've read this. 
So I love the strangeness. I love the feeling like I'm getting a peek back into a time and place that I never would have been able to see without reading this. But just as rich and satisfying is going so far back in time to read and finding things that are so similar and familiar and common to our own time and place. Even just the subject matter surprised me. I thought, of course they were writing about angsty teenage love back then, but I never really thought much about it. I hadn't been able to encounter it before this poem. It's so familiar to the pop songs of today and poems that I may have written and shoved away in my nightstand when I was a teenager myself. And the humor as well comes through so strong. Who has not been raised in church and had the experience when young of kneeling in church, but meanwhile having your eyes shooting love darts at somebody nearby? I remember that from those early days. In fact, even last Sunday I was distracted and twisted around wanting to look at my own honey who was running the sound booth as he held our youngest child in his arms. So people's human crushes have been distracting them in church for centuries. Um, the humor as well really gets to me. I can barely read through this conversation with her mom without laughing. Her mom says not to talk to her love. And she says, mom, it's a little too late. You should have told me that earlier. It's like shutting the door after the house was robbed. Um, just getting that little glimpse of her conversation with her mother gives me such delight. And raw and honest personal confession is another interest of mine in poetry and art. I'm sure we'll be talking about it more as the podcast goes on. So as this poem builds in intensity towards the end, and she finally admits that even her theology is struggling now because of this betrayal. That confession in itself has a sort of timelessness that I just find to be gold. I want to know about the sheepfold and the marshes around this speaker, but I also want to know what's in the dark corners of her heart and whether what I find there is strange and foreign or as familiar as though it could have been written yesterday. Our time breaking bread at the table together was sweet. So I'm going to read this one more time and you can enjoy with me everything in here that's strange, everything in here that's familiar, and just in general the experience of communing with somebody whose words have somehow made it across so much time to reach us here today. Again, the poem's called Donald Og, which means Young Donald, translated by Lady Gregory. It is late last night the dog was speaking of you. The snipe was speaking of you in her deep marsh. It is you are the lonely bird through the woods, and that you may be without a mate until you find me. You promised me, and you said a lie to me, that you would be before me where the sheep are flocked. I gave a whistle and three hundred cries to you, and I found nothing there but a bleeding lamb. You promised me a thing that was hard for you, a ship of gold under a silver mast, twelve towns with a market in all of them, and a fine white court by the side of the sea. You promised me a thing that is not possible, that you would give me the gloves of the skin of a fish, that you would give me shoes of the skin of a bird, and a suit of the dearest silk in Ireland. 
When I go by myself to the well of loneliness, I sit down and I go through my trouble. When I see the world and do not see my boy, he that has an amber shade in his hair. It was on that Sunday I gave my love to you, the Sunday that is before Easter Sunday, and myself on my knees, reading the Passion, and my two eyes giving love to you forever. My mother said to me not to be talking with you today, or tomorrow, or on the Sunday. It was a bad time she took for telling me that. It was shutting the door after the house was robbed. My heart is as black as the blackness of the slow, or as the black coal that is on the smith's forge, or as the sole of a shoe left in white halls. It was you that put that darkness over my life. You've taken the east from me. You've taken the west from me. You've taken what is before me and what is behind me. You have taken the moon. You have taken the sun from me. And my fear is great that you have taken God from me. Part of my vision for this podcast was to have it be interactive. I pictured a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. If there's a poem that has done some action in your everyday life, surprised you, delighted you, or maybe just more quietly worked its way into your bones, you know I would love to hear about it. Email me at takethispoempodcast at gmail.com and let me know your story. Maybe you can join me in sharing it with others as well.